everybody. Welcome to another episode of Everyday Strong with Dr. Michael G. Daniels. This is your host, C.B. Baker. Thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, Dr. Daniels, we took a couple, well, just one week off. We yeah, had some uh-huh. things and schedules of conflicts going on. But we're back, and um, and we've got a new logo uh, for the uh, podcast. I hope everybody enjoys that. So now when you see the Everyday Strong logo on our thing, make sure just... Make a comment and tell us how much you like it or dislike it because I can always change it. But um, today's uh, topic, uh, Dr. Daniels, is why do bad things happen to good people? Mm-hmm. And it's funny that you mentioned this to me. I was riding the car the other day and I was thinking about the times. This is ironic. Mm-hmm. I was thinking about the times when I was dating, mm-hmm. out there dating. And um I was a nice guy, mm-hmm. right? The ironic thing is, I always got, um, you know, say nice guys finish last. Mm-hmm. But when I start turning the little player knob up a couple of notches, and all of a sudden things changed. <laughs> you know, so yeah. it, it, it made me think about, like, why does that happen? Like, mm-hmm. why is it when you're trying to do your best, mm-hmm. it seems like everything is more difficult or bad things happen to you. But then all of a sudden when you do things not necessarily the right way, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. the road almost gets a little easier. Like, so explain that concept to us. And, uh, and Sure. sure. And, 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 and that's a difficult thing. It's a difficult idea for a lot of people to grasp, you know, because if you think of life in general, you know, like, you know, uh, I was listening to a comedian uh, just so happened this morning uh, about three o'clock in the morning. I couldn't sleep. I'm, I'm up listening to um, um, uh, Shaq's comedian all stars. Right. And this is one of the guys said, he said, I got to have a talk with Jesus. He said, because why is it that Martin Luther King got shot? And he had a dream. Right. And Jesse Jackson didn't get shoot, shot. <laughs> and he never went to sleep. Right. Okay. You know. And so he went through a litany of good people and said, well, how's it? Why, why did they get shot? And why did they die? Right. And not the other person. So he said, you know, Jesus is not going to have a talk because he needs to explain this thing to me. Right. So and that's, that's a very good question. You know, why is it that it seems like the good people seem to die young? Why is it that people who who really drink heavily and don't care about their bodies and they live to 99 years old and they're asking the question, how you live so long? Well, you know, I drank two, three shots of, you know, cognac right. every day and smoked a cigar, you know, all this kind of stuff. And then you find someone who's never smoked, never drank, and they're in their mid-30s and they have terminal cancer. You know, right. So why is that? Well, you know, it, biblically, here's what we get from that. There are three, three I guess, uh, reasons and maybe more than three, but I mean, there are three reasons that the Bible looks at as the primary reasons why bad things happen to good people. Uh, one is because of free will. So, so one is that because God gives, gives everybody free will, that means that other people have uh, the freedom to wreak havoc in your life. You know, mm-hmm. that people who are being influenced by the devil, they have that, that freedom to wreak havoc in your life. Uh, the, the second one is because even though people may be good, it doesn't mean they don't make bad decisions that go against where they have been directed to do things. That's right. And, and so it might, the res, end result might be, you know, something that bad happens in their life. Mm-hmm. I said uh, three, three, actually four. The, the third one is that sometimes something bad will happen to us, 
to prevent something worse from happening to us. Mm. You know, right. like like for example, uh, I, I may you know end up getting in a car accident where my front end gets torn off. Where if I hadn't gotten that accident. I would have got hit by a semi-trailer further down the road and been dead. Right. right. And, and the fourth one is that sometimes there's a lesson that I haven't learned that God is trying to teach me. You know, the Bible says that those I love, I chase and rebuke. So, you know, those are the four basic reasons why the Bible says good things uh, tend to happen. I mean, excuse me, bad things happen to good people. Uh, one of the things that, that, that I've always tried to appreciate based on that concept is, is that we have to start to say to ourselves, not why me? Because normally when something happens like that, our first thing is, well, why me? Right. But what we have to start asking ourselves is, why did I not learn so that this didn't happen to me? Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah, it's it's um it's definitely a process. Uh when you're especially when you're trying your best to be as good as possible. Mm-hmm. And I get and I always tell people, you have to be present in the moment and understand what's going on. Absolutely. Because he'll God will give you little subtle hints for you to make that maneuver out mm-hmm. of something. Mm-hmm. But if you're just wandering through life and not really focused on what you're doing, You'll be sitting there saying, oh, "I don't know why this is happening to me." Well, and you're right. If you, if you if we if we break it down, right? Let's 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 look at the first one, for example, the free will, right? So therefore, that means that um, people who are influenced by evil, they have the freedom to act on the influence that they're giving them, right? Mm-hmm. So then, if I ask myself, "Well, why is this? Why is it that I'm good and these folk?" Are able to do that to me. Well, if 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 I make myself the victim, you know, then it's going to happen over and over again. Right. But if I don't make myself the victim, and I have to ask myself some simple questions, well, why am I not aware such that it doesn't happen to me? Why am I not viewing people for what they really are? Why am I not thinking about people the way the Bible tells me to think about people? So let's say I'm good, but bad people keep, you know, entering into my life and causing me pain. Mm-hmm. Well, if they're coming into my life causing me pain, it's because I haven't assessed something that the Bible has taught me. The Bible says that we should trust no man, right? Put your trust in no man. So generally speaking, if people who have bad intentions are able to inflict pain in my life, it often is because I have not assessed them and said to myself, I can't trust them. I have allowed them into my life and knowing that they have free will to do me harm, but I allow them in anyway. And I constantly allow them in. And sometimes we do that because in our mindset, we're Christians, we're nice people. And so we're saying, I want to keep helping people. But there has to come a point in our time where we realize that what? Everybody can't be helped by me. You know, they're beyond my help. And so they are going to keep hurting me. It's kind of like, you know, if, if you constantly say, well, I'm going to try to help the homeless, right? You let somebody come in your house. It's a noble act. But then they steal your TV and go go somewhere. Right. right. Or it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a cousin that happens to be hooked on crack. And you say, well, I want to help them get off crack. And so you let them come live with you. Next thing you know, your car is missing. You know, right. these kind of things. Well, um, they have free will. Now, I'm doing good 
but something right. bad happened to me because of the good. So in that case, you know, I'm saying that I have to ask myself, well, why um, did I not guard against the bad? You know, not that you can stop all the bad, but why did not I guard against it? I'm going to ask you this question. Do you, do you feel that some people seek out to be victims? That's a good question. I don't necessarily, well, I don't necessarily think people seek to be victims. I think that there are some people that have victim mentality, mm-hmm. you know, in, in other words, is that some people don't like to be responsible or at least they don't like to feel like they are a part of the problem. Because if I'm a good person at heart, if I'm trying to do the right thing, it's difficult for me sometimes to say to myself, well, wait a minute, I'm a party. I have enabled someone to treat me bad. You know, it's hard to really think that way if you're always trying to do good. If I'm always trying to help people, I I like to think of it as, well, wait a minute, Lord, I'm doing the right thing. I'm I'm, I'm feeding the poor. I'm, I'm, you know, I'm helping people out. How can I look at myself as being a part of that which is enabling them to treat me bad. You know, uh, I I didn't ask them to steal my car. I didn't ask them to steal my TV, you know, those kind of things. So I think in that instance, a lot of people, you know, because you don't like to feel like you're a part of it, you, you, you make yourself the victim. Um, but it also kind of makes you feel better about doing what you're doing because now you don't think you're part of the problem and not that you, create the problem, right? Uh, but you allow the bad thing to overtake you time after time, right? you know, after time. And so that's why, you know, to me, um, if we know why bad things happen, then we in a better position to rethink our positions and allow what has happened not to cause us to be, um, I guess, negatively impacted as much as it has been, but use it as a stepping stone to, to be better because of it, you know, because right. either it, it, it can break you or you can use it to become better than you were. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's the, the piece that a lot of people miss mm-hmm. is learning from the lessons that first off, acknowledging that as a lesson Mm -hmm. that you're getting, that's the very first step and then learning from it. Mm -hmm. Because a lot of times, you know, um, most of the people that's, you know, if you've ever drank alcohol, Mm -hmm. you've had one moment in your life where you drank too much and you ended up throwing up. Right. right. And I'll guarantee you in that moment, you said, Lord, please, Mm -hmm. if you ever get this to stop, I will never drink again. Right. Right. So at least you acknowledge what your problem was. Right. Now, 90% of the people did it again anyway. Right. But at least that's the first step. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, mm-hmm. and then after a while, you start understanding, okay, well, well, you know, that night I had 10. This time, let's do six and see mm-hmm. what happens. Then you understand what your limits are. So just to give a very practical example of how we as people will ask God for help, mm-hmm. sure. he give it to us. Mm-hmm. And then we say, and then half the time, we only say thank you. We just say, oh, it's over with. And then yeah. Yeah. the next day, you kind of forget. How do we combat that, Dr. Daniels? That it's interesting how God will put us in a position or we put ourselves in a position mm-hmm. where we need him. Mm-hmm. 
we get the help mm-hmm. and we're happy for it. And then not even a 24 hours later, we're right back in doing the same thing over again. Well, you know, I, I look at it like this, um, and that and that goes into the one where I say, you know, the lesson learned, right? right. When, when Jesus said, uh, when in in the revelation, uh, Jesus' revelation to John, he said, "Those I love, I chase and rebuke," right? Uh, to 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 make a point that you know what, a whooping sometimes is necessary to help you help correct, you know, help correct uh, a child. Now, but but so. And for us, sometimes we'll call it bad, a bad thing that happened to me, you know, because it hurt. It's painful. And and very, I don't know of a whooping that's not painful. Let me say that up front. You know, if if it isn't painful, then it wasn't a whooping, you know. So every whooping is painful and chastisements are painful. So Psalms also adds this to it. Uh, And I'm paraphrasing that a, a, a wise man require only requires reproof, but a fool requires many stripes, right? And so what that tells me then is that if there's a lesson that God is trying to teach me, if I am not wise, then there may be several bad things that happen over and over and over and over again to prompt me to learn the lesson. Right. And and each one may become more uh, difficult to get out of, the, you know, each time, because the first one may be relatively minor and right. I don't learn. The next time it's going to be a little worse. The bad thing is going to be a little worse. And if I don't learn, it might get successively worse until I learn. Now, but that's that's why, because, again, the Bible says what uh, the fool requires many stripes. The wise man just requires reproof. So the wise man may go to church and the pastor preach a message and, 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 and he, here he feels that that message is for me. You know, everything you said fits me. Right. And so therefore, he may not have to go through anything bad, you know, as far as reproof goes, you know, that, that kind of thing. So, you know, it's like, again, the Bible uh, makes it pretty clear that everyone does not yield to corporal punishment. Mm-hmm. And and God's corporal punishment is not like our corporal punishment. God's not going to take a belt off, right. you know, and just start spanking you. You know, that's not, and it's not a, a, a belt that's not going to appear from a cloud, you right, know, and right. start spanking you. It's going to be some devastation in our life when God is trying to move us in a certain direction, you know, and it's up to us to, to, to ask why is this happening if I am doing what's right and righteous? Why is this happening to me? Is it because someone else had free will to move in my life? Or is it because there's a lesson that God is trying to teach me? Or am I going in a direction God doesn't want me to go in? And then once I ask that, once I respond to that why, mm-hmm. then I can be, you know, I can reposition based on, you know, which one of those things um, um, God is dealing with me on. Well, um, next question I have is is still back to um, the victim mentality mm-hmm. or like the visualization of having faith in something. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think that when we decide to be a little bad, is it 
because we relaxed and stopped thinking about the worst case scenario mm -hmm. of something and we're able to think more clearly mm -hmm. because if we're putting so much pressure on ourselves to be perfect mm -hmm. that it ends up hindering us from being able to receive um, more good things we're starting because you're looking for the bad things to happen so you similar to like how NASCAR drivers do they say if you're driving and you have a blowout mm -hmm. do not look at the wall because you're going to go where you mm -hmm. are looking right, so they say right. look at the track and you'll stay on the track mm -hmm. like clockwork if they look at the wall because they're trying to avoid that they'll go straight there mm -hmm. it's is dealing with faith in God the same similar thing? If I turn my focus off him and look at the bad things or I end up going towards that direction? Well, yeah, you know, here's what the Bible says about faith. Faith is the evidence of things not seen, right? And, and so what... Paul is saying is similar to what you're laying out. So Paul is saying that faith is keeping my eye on not what I see the negative, but keeping my eye on the positive. Because what I see is the blowout. Mm -hmm. That's what I see. And Paul says faith is the evidence of things not seen, which means what what is it that I really want to happen? You know, so in that instance, do I want the car to turn over or do I want the car to keep going straight? Mm -hmm. And so Paul says, that's what I should be thinking. That's, that's where my mind should be. And that's what I should be looking at. And that's what faith will direct me. And that will be the outcome because that's what I'm focused on. Because if I focus on the other one, then my faith really is not that it won't happen. But faith is that it will happen because faith is really what I believe. Right. And so if I believe it will happen, then I've just said that's where my faith is, that it will happen bad. If my faith is that it won't happen and that's what I'm going to visualize is me going straight down the track, then that's what I believe. That's where the evidence is. And that's what will happen. So what you're saying really is in a nutshell what Paul speaks of, you know, uh, in, in, in that regard. And it's, 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 it's really um a, a, a truism. Most people that I come across, when something bad happens in their life, and, you know, faith is always an important factor. Let me say that. It's always an important factor. But most people that I, I deal with when I'm counseling people, when something bad is happening in their life and, it, and it's a repeat thing and a repeat thing, it is not necessarily because they lack faith. It's because they lack learning. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's it's a matter of did I they didn't learn from what happened. Because let's say, for example, that God does not want me to cross the street. He doesn't want me to cross the street, but I want to cross the street. Right. Because I believe that across the street is the best thing for me. Right. Right? And but God knows it isn't. So God puts a stumbling block in front of me so I can't cross the street. But in my mind, I say, no, I want to get there anyway. So I try to go around this, over the stumbling block. As I'm going over the stumbling block, I trip, fall, and bust my nose wide open. Right. Okay? I just had something bad happen to me. Now, uh, rather than me going back the other way, 
I keep. I, I believe in my heart that right. I should go across the street. God puts a ditch there. Right. I fall in the ditch, and it, and boom, same thing. See, my faith is telling me to keep going straight. Right. The problem ain't my faith. The problem is I didn't learn. Right. Because if I had learned and said, wait a minute, why is God putting these stumbling blocks in front of me? And that's what I had to decipher. Why is God allowing these stumbling blocks to go in front of me? Is he trying to get me to go in another direction? And if that's what he's doing, that's what I need to be concentrating on. And that's mm-hmm. why I'm saying that at times our problem is a lack of learning. But again, see, it depends on why the bad thing is happening. So I have to ask myself, why is the bad thing happening? Mm-hmm. Is it a lesson to be learned? Is it God's moving in a different direction? Is it a free will issue? You know, what is it? And once I get that, then that will determine how I should adjust to what's going on. Which all requires you to be present and knowing what's going on. You 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 gotta be present and 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 you and you have to be you know, I'll say another thing. you and I have touched on this before. Most people don't use the word why in their life enough. Mm. So, you know, most people don't. Most people never question why the thing happened. What they do is want an answer to how to overcome it. Mm-hmm. Right? Even if something good happens, most people don't question why. Right. They just go along with the program. Well, that presupposes that Satan won't put uh, a, a sugar cube in front of you to draw you into a bad place. Mm-hmm. So if, if, if something happens that's good, if I don't question why, how do I know Satan isn't pulling me into a trap? Right. And he may pull me into a trap and then that bad thing happens. Right. And my thinking is, wait a minute, that, you know, uh, I thought God was taking me there. No, just because something good happens don't mean God is taking you there. You know, mm-hmm. Satan know how to trick folk. You know, yeah. Satan know how to make you think it's a good thing, right? And it end up being a bad thing. So, uh, you know, that's why I'm, 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 you know, kind of focusing on that why that we have to ask ourselves. You know, why is this happening? You know, why? Because you know, Satan know how to do what he do. You know, we all know we know that. Right. I mean, listen, if Satan had the gall to try to tempt Jesus. Right. Right? You know he's going to mess with you and me. Right. And, and other right. folk. And you know he, he can pull us into a bad place so fast. And then we get so tangled up. And, you know, and we're not asking why anymore. We're just asking what is the solution. Right. Rather than why did I get here in the first place. That's, you know, another thing too um, with the devil. I think some of the issues are is because people feel like they're saved, that they lose respect for the devil. Mm-hmm. And that's a bad thing to do. That you know, any, any sport you play, they'll tell you respect the opponent. You have to. And if that's one opponent is the greatest opponent of all opponents, and to not respect him, and you can end up in some very bad situations where you thought everything was good. Like they say, the road to hell is paved with good intentions. Mm-hmm. And I've told people, you know, that worked for me the same thing. I said, I understand what you was trying to do. I get it. Mm-hmm. But did you look at the result that you was going to get 
in this. Like mm-hmm. A was a good thing, B was a good thing, but what was happening in M? Right, right. You know, right. did it fall off the cliff? Mm-hmm. You know, that's the thing. You know, sometimes things are good now, but does it have a long term effect to it? Right. And I was talking about um, things in the Bible. You know, seven good years. Mm-hmm. You know, you got to prepare for the seven bad years. Mm-hmm. It's coming. Right. But I'm giving you, I'm telling you, go ahead and save up this 20% right now. Mm-hmm. You know, save it up and you'd be good to go. Absolutely. You know, for the seven bad years. It's right there in the Bible, mm-hmm. you know, thousands of years ago, but for whatever reason, it's not taught. Well, it, I, I won't say it ain't taught. I would say people don't learn. Yeah. But I would, but Pastor, I will say this. <laughs> And the countless business books I've read. Uh-huh. Oh, you mean that toward the business? I right. got you. Okay. It's not in there. No, and, no, I got you. Right. I, I think I was thinking you meaning like you know. No, from, it's from, taught in, in, the, in the Bible. It's yeah. taught in the Bible, right? Right, right. But it's right. not taught. You would think something so simple. Great examples given. Mm-hmm. It worked out for everybody. Sure. Why not teach that in business? And they do not teach that in business. It's you know, right. pedal to the metal. You, you you know, full go get the money. And worry about right. it and everything else later. Well, but again, you know, like we said earlier, right, we have to ask ourselves that why, right? And so why? Well, it's because the Bible says Satan is the great deceiver, right? Mm-hmm. He's the great deceiver. And so what Satan does is this. He, again, with the free will concept, right, so part of us having bad things happen is because other people have free will. Right. You know, Satan has, you know, has can influence them to cause them to do things to cause us harm. That's a part of it. Um, Satan ain't trying to help us out. You know, he's not trying to help us out. And so even though, like you said, you may, you may read, you know, self-help books. Uh, the presumption may be that these people are trying to help me out, but that's a presumption that oftentimes is incorrect. Those folk are influenced by Satan to take every dime you got in your pocket. Right. All they're trying to do is take your money from you. You know, same thing with, with brokers. You know, the assumption often is that these brokers are trying to help me out. No, these brokers are trying to make commission off your trades. Right. So they're trying to make money because they get paid every time you trade, whether you lose money, whether you get money. Right. That's what they're going to do. Now, granted, they're not trying to make you go broke. But, you know, if you do go broke, you know, it ain't like that they going right. broke because you went broke. Right. right? Because they're motivated by profit, and the profit motive, motivation is one that is based on greed, and we know that greed is was the center of why Satan went against God in the first place. Right. Because he wanted what God had. That's right. greed, and 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 so from that standpoint, I'm saying that that hits the the second thing we had talked about, which was what influence. Satan will influence other people. They have free will, and that free will can result in bad things happening to us. So we have to ask ourselves, we have to ask ourselves, why? That is so potent to say, well, why is this happening? Why is this bad thing happening? And if I can decipher that the reason why it's happening is because someone else's free will is causing it to happen, then that tells me I need to question why am I relying on them? Right. You know, why am I relying on what they say when, like you just said earlier, it's in the Bible. Right. Why am I relying on my, my broker when the Bible tells me how to invest? Right. You know. You know, the, the ironic thing, too, is when we're kids, we ask our parents why 
And mm-hmm. then, we, you know, the, the, the black pair versions, it's because I said so, right? right? Yeah, right. But in the Bible, to my, to, so far from what I've read, God has not said because I said so. He gave you the reason why. Absolutely. You know, and, and I catch myself doing that with my own kids. Like, I want to go to the black parent version. Like, just because mm-hmm. I said so. Put it up mm-hmm. because I said so. Mm-hmm. Then I got to explain why I want you to do this yeah. this particular way. Mm-hmm. So they'll understand, okay, I got it. You're not just, you know, um, you're just not randomly asking me to get you the remote. But yeah, you know, absolutely. You know. <laughs> absolutely. Because it's a teachable, it's always a teachable moment. You know, it's always. Um, I had an incident happen at, at the uh, academy um, where a child was injured and did the staff do everything perfect? No, they obviously they did not do everything perfect. Right. And when I was talking to the staff, uh, the first posture for them was a defensive posture to try to convince me, you know, that it wasn't as bad as, you know, the parent thought and, you know, this kind of thing. So, whoa, that's not why I'm here. I'm not here to make you feel bad. Right. This is a teachable moment. What we have to ask ourselves is, what do we learn from it? You know, why was the parent irate? Simple. Ask the questions. Why was the parent irate? Mm-hmm. Why did this happen to the child? Why? Something bad happened to the child. Why? You know, the parent was irate, which is bad for the organization. Why? Right. And once you can resolve those issues, now you can make changes. But if you don't ask why, you don't, you don't make the changes. If you, all you do is, is, is just, you know, try to convince yourself you're right, nothing happens so you don't overcome it. And the next time you go through the same thing over and over again. And like, but again, I go back to what you said. It's not like it's not in the word. It's in the Bible. Right. It's clearly in the Bible how we should respond to those instances. And, and that's the, the righteous road to take, basically. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's, it's one of those things, passes where if, um, people just actually just open the book. Mm-hmm. Now we got audio books. We got it's it's in all different forms, different languages. Mm-hmm. Just take it, even if you get to the NIV version, mm-hmm. you know, and get the the gist of it, right? You know, right. and then you come back to read, you know, King James version. And if you want to learn Arabic, then you go all the way back, <laughs> right. you know. But it's basically going to say the same thing, mm-hmm. and that's the part that I'm learning um, uh, from you. Is you're you know you're telling me to go in there and, and get the information you know um, uh, uncut you mm-hmm. know straight no chaser you That's know it. and then you get it like that and then you start it's just like you know what I, I now see mm-hmm. differently and then when you go and you go to church and then you hear you preach and you can hear even though you're not saying what part of the Bible this came from you got it That's like, okay yeah. I, I see what, what he's what he's coming from now. And you get way more out of the 25 to 30 minutes of you preaching Mm -hmm. when you have the background knowledge already basically downloaded into yourself um, when you go to to church. Absolutely. You know, it's kind of like, like, you know, you you often use sports analogies. And and, and I think a, a good sports analogy is players on any professional team, whether it be basketball, football, baseball, whatever. Talent is not what makes them the superstar. That's not it. You take players that have the greatest talent. There's a reason why they played the sport in high school and college Mm -hmm. before they got to the pros. If they didn't do that, when they get to the pros, the coach has to take three to four times the amount of time Mm -hmm. to get them ready to play. Right. 
Right, because they don't have the background yet. Right. They may have talent. Right, you, you may have a, a sprinter, let's say, like like Bob Hayes. I mean, it's before your time. Bob right. Hayes who played for the uh, Cowboys. Cowboys. Bob Hayes was a gold medalist sprinter, but he couldn't just come to the Cowboys and just take over. Right. No, he had one play, and that was you know what? <laughs> the fly fly route. That fly route. <laughs> that was that was it. Yeah. Because he didn't have the background, so yet it takes more time for that person to get indoctrinated. And it's the same thing. You know, if a person, as you said, is studying the Bible and, and doing what they're doing, and then when they come to church, th that 15, 30 minute is more meaningful because they have the background. Just like the person who has already studied the playbook, you know, right. before practice starts, it's more meaningful, you get more done. And, and the more you study the Bible, uh, you know, I, I go back to a statement my mother taught me a long time ago. She said, the Bible is a book of ordinary people living ordinary lives, having ordinary problems, serving an extraordinary God. Simple. That's all it is, she said. Now, if I take that as, 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 as my guide, then the, the, you, you, you always read in the Bible about bad things happening to good people. Mm -hmm. It's filled with yep. bad things happening to good people. So if I studied the Bible, I learned that, wait a minute, bad things do happen to good people. And this is why that bad thing happened to that good person. Mm -hmm. You know, it happened to them for a reason. God was trying to do something with, you know, with the situation. You know, for example, you take Moses. Think about this for a second. During Moses' birth, all the firstborn were being killed. Mm -hmm. Bad things happening to good people. So mother got to take her child and put him in a ditch somewhere, right? Right. Bad thing happened to good people, but God had a plan for it. See, God wanted Moses to go there because God was moving her to put Moses there so that Moses could be raised by the Egyptians, learn all of their ways, get all of that knowledge, get all the understanding because he knew that one day, Moses was going to lead those people out of Egypt mm -hmm. and lead them to the promised land. So we, we see in the Bible how bad things happen to good people all the time. Three Hebrew boys understood God, loved God, Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. They get thrown in a fiery furnace. That's a bad thing happening to good people. Mm -hmm. But why did they get thrown in? So we could learn something, right? right? Because they're in the furnace, and while they're there, uh, the king says, did not I throw three boys in the furnace? But I see four, and the fourth one looks like the Son of God. And the boys come out of the fiery furnace, and they don't even smell like smoke. So why did they go in? It was a lesson for us. Right. So a bad thing happened to them because God was giving something for us to understand, how he can deliver us even from the fiery furnace. So again, that's what I'm saying. So when we read through the Bible, we oftentimes see how bad things happen to good people. But God had a reason for it. And sometimes the reason was to uh, chastise. Sometimes the reason was to move them in a direction. Sometimes the reason was for his plan to go forward. And sometimes because folk just had free will. Right. And just, it was what it was, you know. Well, thank you, Pastor. That was a lot to take in. And like I said, go get us your Bible study it on your off time and if you're fasting it's a very good time to do that as well while you're praying and, and read a couple pages of the Bible. This is your host C.B. Baker. Until next time. <laughs>